Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Well, good morning on this President's Day, uh, the birthday of George Washington, first president of the United States of America. Maybe you have the day off. Maybe you um, have the day in anyway, for those of you living in any part of the country, kind of other than Florida. Uh, We're all pretty much going to be where we are for the foreseeable future. Um, Avoid traveling if you can, because it's nasty out there. Uh, Okay, so I have this headline out of San Francisco, we talked, I feel like it was just last week, um, related to the, it might have been the week before, when the San Francisco uh, equivalent of the school board, you know, dis- decided to spend uh, a, a good proportion of their time changing the names, or at least denaming 40-some schools in their school district, um, and instead of, frankly, pressing the full force of their time and attention into what has become um, a a recognized crisis. And the crisis that I'm now going to address is the number of suicidal children in San Francisco. So um, this is being reported from the Children's Emergency Department at Mission Bay of the University of California, San Francisco, reported a record high number of suicidal children seen and treated. There are also um, same hospital system, uh, University of California, San Francisco, uh, Benioff Children's Hospital has seen a 66% increase in the number of suicidal children in their emergency room, a 75% increase in youth who have required hospitalization for mental health services. Um, And all of this has culminated in, well, and the personal testimonies in these stories, by the way, from parents are heartbreaking, as you could well imagine. Um, All of this has culminated in the city... Now, uh, the city attorney, Dennis Herrera, announcing last week that he is taking the dramatic step of suing the city's own school district. So the city of San Francisco is now suing its own school district for its uh, having kept classrooms closed for nearly a year and failing to provide a way forward um, for students to have in-person learning. Why? Because let me reiterate they are seeing a, a historic um, number of suicides among school-age children. And suicidal ideation being treated in their local hospitals um, at rates that are a 66% increase in, the, in terms of one particular um, hospital in the community and a 75% increase um, in another. And so I think that I want to say today, what is the role of the church? I want to ask that question openly. We need to know what's going on in in the lives of families in our community, even those families who are not a part of the church. What does it look like for us to intentionally reach out 
to families who have reached a point of total desperation. Allison uh, is quoted in the story. She's the mother of a 15-year-old daughter. She says, I find her curled up in the fetal position crying next to her laptop at 11 a.m., and she is unconsolable. Lindsay is the mother um, of a 7-year-old. She says, I just simply would describe what has happened to him as regression. He's now uncontrollable. He has meltdowns that turn our whole house upside down. Sink has a 10-year-old daughter who is experiencing, quote, depression and anger, fears that her daughter's mental health is going to continue to suffer. Um, These are parents who literally don't know what to do. And I recognize that the role of the school system should not be, should not be, um, you know, the comprehensive mental health and wellness of our children. But um, being at home isolated together for now more than a year with parents who are not prepared to be educating their kids at home and where what is being supplied by the school system is frankly inadequate um, is a problem. And so the church is going to have to step in. What is the role of the church? What is your church doing? If you don't know, reach out and find out and check on the kids and the families who are in your spheres of influence and do it today. Linda Mental is going to be up next. We're going to talk about a range of topics. You know her from the Dr. Linda Mental Show, which is carried right here on the Faith Radio Network. We'll be right back. Joining me now, Dr. Linda Mental. You can uh, listen to her right here on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. You can also find her online at drlindamental.com. Linda, welcome back. Great to be here. And uh, I guess we're shifting from love and Valentine's Day to presidents. <laughs> I don't know if those two go together too well. But <laughs> I'm going to stay in the love mood for a while. <laughs> That's good. That's good. No, let's uh, let's stick with the let's stick with the love theme and the love mood. Um, you have a piece posted on 10 ideas for a little romance to keep the love of li- uh, love alive. That lightens up our uh, subject matter here a little bit, which would be nice. Yeah. Well, and I also, we also, anytime you can listen on faithradio.com, you can listen to our show this weekend because we figured the idea of our show called A Little More Romance was to help people after Valentine's Day to keep love alive and to recognize that you have to be doing things all year long in your relationships to really keep that spark going and that romance going. And this is important, even though, uh, you know, we've all probably been uh, sequestered together in our homes and uh, we're, we're kind of feel, feeling very familiar with each other. You have to be thinking, what else can you do to spark up the romance? So I've got a little help there. And one of the things we did on the show is we did the ABCs of romance. And uh, I want to start with the first one, Carmen, because it's a fun one. There was a study done uh, by Dr. Aaron, uh, who's a very well-known love researcher, and he years ago, and he did a study where he had strangers come together in uh, an experiment, had no idea who they were. So they just stood there. They sat there across the table from each other and they had them gaze into each other's eyes for four minutes, do nothing but gaze into each other's eyes and then ask a few open-ended questions. So something like, tell me about your favorite movie and why, or, you know, if you had a perfect day, what would your day look like? Things like that. And at the end of the experiment, Every single couple that didn't know each other prior to this said they felt love and attraction for the people that they were with for four minutes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Four minutes. 
four minutes. So imagine if you just did that with your spouse or your uh, potential partner and you just took the time. And I, I started thinking about that and I thought, you know, we don't look at each other very much anymore. We're on text messages, we're on, you know, Zoom platforms and all kinds of other ways of meeting. And even in our homes, we're, we're preoccupied with screens all the time. But what if we just sat there and we gazed into each other's eyes for a few minutes? It could really do a lot for rekindling those attractive feelings. Easy. So, yeah, no, that's really good. Um, I also, uh, I think that the word gaze is important there. Yes. So you right? have to I'm look not... <laughs> Yeah, right? Because I do think that, you know, um, there are people who um, probably look at us uh, for four minutes, but they're doing so with real contempt and scrutiny. And that is, the right, like hostility and judgment. And that is different than what we're talking about. Yes, this is really so one of the a couple of the key things in keeping a relationship really healthy is that you have to build this this uh, ground floor of what we call love map. So you have to track with your partner and you really have to understand what are their likes, their dislikes, the things that make them feel good. But also then you have to give a lot of affirmation and affection and show fondness for the person. And again, I think when, when relationships get very comfortable and we're used to seeing each other, we sort of take each other for granted and we're not thinking of ways to gaze lovingly into someone's eyes or that would be the attention, giving attention to our partner, which would be the A of the ABCs of love. But the second one is really uh, to be kind. And we don't think about kindness and respect and caring and showing fondness for somebody as a way of kindling romance. But I got to tell you, especially for the f women that are listening, when we feel like our, our spouse or our partner is very kind to us and respectful and showing some compassion to us, that really sets a secure base from which we feel like, okay, I'm into this person and I can really trust this person and I can really let go and have some fun and obviously have some romantic feelings for that person. All right. Linda's list of ideas is really great um, in terms of uh, really just fun and creative ways to uh, to keep the romance alive, um, really just in, ways to encourage your spouse, right? So she leads off with, write, I love you with lipstick on the bathroom mirror. I am going to substitute there a recommendation that you use a dry erase marker, particularly if you're a guy and you haven't, you're not really like good at writing with lipstick. It's also way easier to clean up. Um, and so let me recommend a dry erase marker for writing I love you. It's also way easier to um, like draw around your face with like, I'm just saying you can stand yeah. over their sink and like use your own face and then you can like draw on the edge. And then when they stand there, they see, yeah, you see, they see what you drew around your own face. It's kind of fun. Anyway, something that would bring a little, uh, little note of joy to their face when they get there in the morning, which obviously my husband gets to the mirror hours after I do. So there you go. <laughs> um, sticky notes in your purse or your briefcase or your lunchbox or your, or your coat pocket. Um, flowers, pick, picking flowers, cooking together, 
um, oh, flirting at a public event. Yeah, no, don't do yeah. that. Uh, for me, I don't. I that's yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, t- tending to your appearance. This one is huge. Number six, like get out of your yoga pants, do your hair, and put on your makeup. Lazy and yeah. sloppy is not. I don't want lazy and sloppy, and so let's not be giving lazy and sloppy. Like there's some really good things on this list. Yeah, and I'm going to encourage you that you got to have cues. You can flirt a little bit in public, but it's insider <laughs> cues. They don't. No one else knows it. No one else knows what you're doing because you've. I know you've agreed ahead of time, so you can still do that. But yes, I cleaned up really nice for Valentine's Day yesterday. So I, so good, right? <laughs> and I didn't have so to, but good. I did. There you go. All right, Linda Mental and I will be right back. We're going to talk about uh, ways to create a healthy relationship and manage conflict. That's up next. Tomorrow mornings with Carmen. Be strong in the Lord. All right, returning my to my conversation with Dr. Linda Mental. Uh, you can find her at the Dr. Linda Mental Show. You can find her at drlindamental.com. Linda, here is an idea just shared with us by a regular listener to the show. Every single day since we got married, I have been leaving a sticky note on the mirror. It has the number of the days of our marriage as well as today's date and a note. Tell me, tell you, that's that is awesome. that is awesome. Yeah. And it's intentional. And that's, that's so awesome. It's so intentional. About. I would now be, um, what, like almost 10 years behind in doing that. <laughs> well, I have a lot more years on there than you do. I think it's in the thousands for me. <laughs> we could start, though. We could start. We could, could announce start. to our husbands today is day like, I don't know, 6,000 and something. And, you know, here we go. Here we go. Late life notes. <laughs> it's great. It's good. I love it. People have all kinds of great ideas. They All right, do. talk with us about um, ways to create a healthy relationship and or manage our conflict. Which yeah, one so do you want to talk- do? Yeah, so we're talking about, you know, setting that stage to be really positive. So we talked about love maps and fondness and all these ways to keep romance alive. And, and, to, and all of that has to do with keeping the relationship positive. Because what happens in a relationship, if it starts to go negative, then you interpret everything that your partner does from a very negative lens. And so rather than giving them the doubt of, you know, that, oh, they must have had a good intention, that must have been just a one-off or a bad day or something like that, if you don't keep all that positive going, then you're going to be much more uh, into interpreting whatever they do in a very negative lens. And that's when relationships really start to get problematic. And one of the biggest things is how you manage conflict. So I thought it was so important. I wrote an entire book about managing conflict called We Need to Talk, because one of the things I saw, Carmen, in in doing therapy, couples work for years and years and years, was that people really struggle with how to deal with conflict. And a lot of times that has to do with they didn't have good models. Um, They have very different styles of how they deal with conflict. So like, for instance, somebody who is an avoider might marry someone who's more of a pursuer and passionate and kind of volatile. And those two styles can really clash and people can have a lot of problems trying to talk about issues. And you have to do that because it's part of communication in a relationship. It's one of the most important things you have to do. Yeah, you talk about, um, she's got two pieces that you guys need to check out or want to check out, um, five ways to create a healthy relationship. And then there's one on the secret to managing um, conflict for couples. When, um, why is this so hard for us? Is it just, is it stuff we didn't learn? Is it stuff you don't learn 
by observing the household you grew up in or you learn it badly in the household you grew up in and then you have to sort of unlearn it before you can learn something new? I think it's both of those things. And it's just very uncomfortable if you're not used to watching people in your house when you're growing up have a difference of opinion. I mean, think about the culture right now. If this was your only model for conflict because you didn't have one that was a good one growing up, all you're seeing is, you know, hate speech and canceling people and, um, you know, just really disrespect and a little appreciation and no no consideration for diverse opinions, all of that. If you grew up in a household where you say something and you're slapped or you say something and uh, you hear your parent disagree with each other and it's it's scary or they don't talk. So I did a lot of work with eating disorders. And one of the things that was very common in the family of someone with anorexia was conflict was never spoken about. It was, it was there. You could feel it. It was pal- you know, palpable, but no one ever talked about it. So you didn't really know how to address it. So when you're having a difference of opinion, unless you feel like we got this as a couple, we know how to do this and we can talk. And I really feel like that's the case with my husband and I, after all these years, it's very uncomfortable to bring up conflict. And so there are so many people listening to us right now that would say, I'd rather just not talk about it. I'd rather avoid or boy, when I do things go south very quickly. So I don't bring things up. And that's why we have to to figure out a way to, to work with it. And one of the biggest things, places to start is look at your own reaction. Because if your own reaction is not controlled and hey, we're, we're on a, a Christian program, we have the Holy Spirit living in, in us if we're a follower of Christ. And because of that, we should be able to have self-control, one of the fruit of the Spirit. And we should be able to manage our mouth because that, again, is a biblical principle. So if you look at the the way the Bible talks about how we are to conduct ourselves with other people, you can start asking the Lord to help you bring that to whatever relationship that you have. And I think the other thing to recognize is with conflict is you can't make another person change. So a lot of times conflict comes up because we're thinking, well, if only he would, or, you know, if only she would, and we just get upset and mad rather than again, focusing, okay, I cannot control what that person does, but I can control my reaction to it. And if I control my reaction to it, guess what? It could really change the interaction of the relationship because you're doing something different, which has to change the dynamics of whatever is going on with that conflict. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's all just, it's so good and it's so helpful. Um, As we enter into uh, this particular day and lots of folks are stressed about very many things, Linda, what, um, is there a Bible verse that you maybe turn to on a regular basis or find uh, of particular encouragement or comfort? You know, I just, every day when I get up now, I I remind myself that uh, of that scripture that says, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. So no matter what we're dealing with, I always have, and it it sounds very cliche, I have a friend in Jesus. I mean, there's a a song like that. Um, But it's true. You know, we're not doing this alone. We're not doing life alone. That's why, you know, the tag of my show is it's better when we do it together, right? But we always do it together with God. So as we go through the day and we meet the challenges, whether they're relational or whether they're weather related or whether they're COVID related or, you know, a crisis in your family, whatever it is, you know, just be encouraged that you're not alone and God will give you whatever you need 
for this day to accomplish not only his purposes, but also to give you the peace and the contentment that is ours. It's promised to us as uh, children of God. So that's always encouraging to me, no matter what I'm going to face for the day. Oh, that's so encouraging. All right. So that's from Psalm 121. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will watch over you. You're coming in and you're going out both now and forevermore. Well, that's just one of the verses in Scripture that points to where does uh, our help come from, and it does come from the Lord. That's Dr. Linda Mental. Uh, you can go catch her podcast anytime at MyFaithRadio.com, the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Um, you can also check out what she's writing, everything we talked about today at DrLindaMental.com. Linda, thanks so much. Great to be with you. You too. Breakpoint is up next, uh, dealing with the infinite human capacity to deceive ourselves, again, taking up the issue of Robbie Zacharias. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. All right, we have been uh, talking here on the Faith Radio Network about kindness. We have a Kindness Always initiative uh, going on. Kindness matters, and you can make a difference. We want you to sign up to participate in Faith Radio's Kindness Always initiative, spreading joy and changing lives. We're doing it, um, we're, it's going on right now and throughout the month of March. And then on April the 1st, we're going to do something really, really fun at the end of our Kindness uh, Always initiative. So I thought it would be fun to bring Karen Eamon on. She is the author of, well, lots of books, the latest of which is Make Their Day. Because some of you are saying, I need some ideas. I need some ideas for the Kindness Always initiative. Or frankly, I just need some ideas I wish I could do something for this other person. Karen has 101 somethings for us to consider. Karen Eamon joins me next, author of Make Their Day. We'll be right back. This is Max Lacado. If you underline any passage in the book of Job, underline this verse. I had heard about you before, but now I have seen you. Job sees God. And that is enough. But it isn't enough for God. The years to come find Job with his health restored. His lap is once again full of children and grandchildren. A new beginning indeed. If Job ever wonders why God doesn't bring back the children he has taken away, he doesn't ask. Maybe he knows that his children could never be happier than they are in the presence of this one he has seen so briefly. Something tells me that Job would do it all again if that's what it would take to hear God's voice and stand in God's presence. For God gave Job more than Job ever dreamed. God gave Job himself. This is Max Lucado. Joining me now, Karen Eamon. You can find her online at KarenEamon.com, E-H-M-A-N. For those of you who are looking for her, you can also connect with her there on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. Um, all right, so this is really fun, Karen. 101 
101, I bet you could have come up with more than that. Um, 101 <laughs> Simple, Powerful Ways to Love Others Well. The, the book is Make Their Day. Talk about the motivation to do this and some of what's in it. Well, you know, my mom taught me to live a certain way. Um, she and I are very different personalities. I'm pretty talkative and outgoing. She's pretty quiet and shy, but she's a really good listener. And she was able to just kind of eavesdrop on people and uh, write down cute little things and trivial little things about them, whether it's, you know, some favorite thing that they had or an interest that they had. And she was always on the lookout for doing something for someone else to make their day. And I remember her teaching me about this once when I didn't get invited to a slumber party. I think I was depressed. And she said, you know, if you ever feel like your life's not going the greatest, the best thing to do is remember that there's someone out there who has life worse off than you. So go find them and do something to make their day. And in a strange way, it ends up making yours as well. It was all about just getting your eyes off yourself and being on the lookout for somebody's day who you could brighten. So that bolo, that be on the lookout, is a huge part of this. Um, Cultivating a a really deep awareness uh, of the presence of other people and what's happening in their life. So can you just talk about, like, how do we do that? How do we become more less aware of ourselves and more aware of others well if we think about just doing it ourselves it can seem a little overwhelming if we're not that kind of person that's you know real keen on noticing other people but for me i know it kind of sounds like a sunday school answer but it all really starts with prayer you know just getting up in the morning and thinking lord help me today to notice that person who least expects to be seen and do something mm. to make their day, you know, and just really being sensitive, you know, to the Lord when, you know, the Holy Spirit is tapping us on the heart going, look at that person over there. Look at that, that woman in the grocery store struggling with her kids climbing out of the cart. Don't roll your eyes at her and walk by and think, oh, my children never did that because, you know, they did. But instead, you know, give her a smile or say, you know, your mom, you're doing a great job. Hang in there. Maybe even slip her a $5 bill to get herself a latte on the way home. You know, it, it doesn't have to be that we are using up all our energy trying to be on the lookout for these people, but just praying, Lord, help me to be sensitive, help me to notice that person that you want me to say something to, smile at, or do something for. So in my own life, Karen, I, um, I, I think that's exactly right. And I, what I'm asking God to do all the time is sort of let me see what he sees. And mm-hmm. I think that if we are, if we're asking God to give us his eyes, um, that is, again, I just think that it begins to cultivate an awareness within us that the world is a big place, people's lives are really complicated, um, and there's always something that I, as a believer, could bring to bear. And sometimes it is um, just a smile, and sometimes it is a little bit more than that. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, a, the a little bit more than that that you have listed out for here, 101 somethings, when I wish I could do something for someone. Uh, The book is Make Their Day. And yes, 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 I have copies to give away. So I know you want it. So go ahead and text the word book to 877-933-2484. Again, you're just texting the word book. Not all the reasons we should send one to you. Just the word book to (laughs) 877-933-2484 to enter the drawing for the copies of Karen's brand new book, Make Their Day. 
um, where you're just going to be filled with all kinds of uh, of ideas, practical, touching ideas for really how to you know bring your life to bear on the lives of those around us. Um, Karen, um, maybe maybe just lift up some of your favorite things from the book. What are a couple of the things from the book that you would say, hey, I just know these are doable ideas that others have said, yeah, yeah, that one's really good. Well, here's a couple just really quick, easy ones that you can do, even long distance in this day and age of the pandemic, is to make a lock screen for a friend grab a picture of you and that friend and a fun time. Um, it's something you don't have to be real techy to do because I'm not techy and I can figure it out. There are apps that help you. And either put some funny uh, personal joke you have between the two of you or a different text that's maybe a scripture verse and send it to them so they can have it on their phone. Or if you have a friend that's going through a hard time, you can make a playlist for them and send it to them. I had a friend do that for me when I was going through grief after my father and my stepmom both passed away. And then one that's a little bit more involved but doesn't take much money and has been such a hit is I did this for my mom when she turned 75. I gathered all the people in our immediate family, you know, her children, grandchildren, and siblings that were so alive, and we all came up with a specified number of memories for her 75th birthday, which totaled 75 memories. They emailed them to me. I compiled them in a book, threw in some pictures where I could find pictures that went along with those memories, and we gave it to her on her 75th birthday. There were things in there that she did not even remember. I remember her roller skating around our pool table in our basement. And she <laughs> never remembered that. I, I had those old strap on metal skates and I dared her to do it one day. She didn't even remember it. But I did this also for my mother-in-law when she turned 80 and she is 91 now. And she still gets out that book once a week, has a cup of coffee and reads through those 80 memories. And it's a simple way to show someone that you that you care and you love them and it doesn't take a lot of money. Okay, I love that one. That one is really good. We're talking about sprinkling kindness throughout the culture. Sometimes culture can feel cruel. Um, we as the people of Christ, the people of God in the world today want to be people who you know, not, we're not just bringing words of truth to bear. Um, we're being, we're, we're bringing the gospel to bear, and that is love enfleshed and enacted. Uh, Karen Eman and I are going to continue our conversation about Make Their Day. It's a 101 really just great, practical, simple, but powerful ideas uh, that you can use to shred, to shed kindness, to share kindness throughout the year. And yes, we're giving copies away. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. We will be right back. All right, Karen Eman has, um, has written a number of books, and we are talking today about Make Their Day, 101 Simple, Powerful ideas to just really change, you know, change what's going on in the world around you in orders that others might feel loved. So make their day 101 simple, powerful ways to love others well. Um, Karen, um, talk with us about, you know, celebrating throughout the year, because some of what you're doing in here, just giving us some unique ideas, you know, that, that sort of, that help us think creatively over the course of time. Yes. So there are calendar holidays, obviously, that we want to remember others at, you know, Christmas and birthdays and things like that. But I think we also need to learn to celebrate milestones in lives, you know, or simple victories. You know, your child, not that they get an A on a spelling test, but 
that they faithfully studied, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and tried their best on a, a spelling test or even just inventing ways to celebrate. And my mother-in-law was famous for doing unbirthday gifts. I think it was just her way to do something sweet or buy a little treat for somebody, even though it wasn't their birthday, she kind of invented this thing of doing unbirthdays. And so I've done that in my life, life too. I'm just always on the lookout for things at the store that are inexpensive, maybe on those end cap clearance racks or wherever. And I have a Rubbermaid tub. I keep these in. And if I feel like God's tapping me on the heart saying, hey, your friend so-and-so could use a little pick-me-up today, I'll declare it her unbirthday and then I'll give her a little something. I think we so, can just... Okay, so yeah, I, we, well, I want to add to your list. So this yeah, is for I'll you. Go for it. So um, I have a friend at church who every time somebody is baptized, that's the date she puts down in her calendar for them because she doesn't know them like as a birthday person, but she knows them as a rebirth day person. And so she makes a point of sending them something, a um, little note. Could, I mean, you know, it's not it's not that these things are big, but she sends them something to remind them on their rebirth day that she was a person who witnessed their baptism and just reminds them of that on that day. And I think that's kind that, of a cool little simple like made up holiday. That's a fantastic idea. I love that. I'm going to steal that idea. Totally. And you I'm can have. on the opposite end of the spectrum. I do something similar whenever I go to a funeral. I mm. always take home the little brochure, little program that they give you at the funeral. And I immediately go to my calendar and I write down not only what day that person passed away, but when they were born. So what would have been their birthday. And then if it said that they were married and it gave their wedding anniversary, I write that down too. And there, there have been several times that I've used this information because those dates are really hard, you know, when that oh, first are. birthday comes around. Yeah. And so my, one of my close friends, she and her father had this tradition that on his birthday every year, she always made him a homemade carrot cake, and he was a walker, so they would go walking two miles. Well, on what would have been his birthday in April, he passed away in the fall. When that next spring came around, I showed up at my friend's door with a homemade carrot cake in my walking shoes, and I said, mm. hey, want to go for a walk? And she just was like, how did you know today would have been my dad's birthday? I'm like, because I wrote it down, silly. And I remember one time, too, our young boys, they were like kindergarten and second grade, and there was this sweet woman at church, everybody knew as Grandma Alma. Well, Grandpa Don had passed away. And that next May, about six months later after he passed, when what would have been their 72nd wedding anniversary came around, my two little boys showed up with a dozen roses on her porch and sang her little song and said, we're so sorry, Grandpa Don's busy with Jesus in heaven today. He couldn't buy you flowers, so we brought him instead. And she was so touched and, again, wondered, how did you know today would have been our anniversary? But it was just that simple, intentional act of taking that program home and writing down those dates in the calendar. Okay, see, that is so thoughtful, and that is so intentional. So that's more than just being on the lookout. That is intentionally taking note in, you know, in the context of an event like a funeral um, of, uh, you know, and you could write those things maybe that were even shared during, um, you know, during some reflections by a family member or whatever, yes. like, oh, my dad and I used to always walk on his birthday and his favorite thing was carrot cake, right? Like, even if that's not a friend who you knew well enough to know those things, it's possibly a person about whom those things were shared in the context of that event. So, um, so part of this is really paying attention to what's going on around us, taking good notes, keeping a calendar. Um, we are talking with Karen Eamon 
about Make Their Day. And we're just looking at some of the 101 really simple but really good ideas um, for how we can influence uh, other people's lives by simple, very simple acts of kindness. Hey, in the couple of minutes that we have left, Karen, I'm wondering if you'll invite people to the Doing Lent Together, because I saw that on your website at KarenEman.com. Lent starts on Wednesday. And if people don't have a plan yet, I thought maybe we would just invite them to join you in your Doing Lent Together um, series. Yes, yes. This is the fifth year that I've done this. I have a book called Zip It. It's a 40-day devotional for watching our words and making sure that, you know, we know what to say, how best to say it, and when we better just say nothing at all. And so for the 40 days of Lent, I challenge people, rather than giving up candy or chocolate, and those are all good things to give up, let's give up using our words wrongly instead. And so I have a Facebook page and then I'm also going to be doing it on my Instagram, but the Facebook page is called doing Lent together. And so if people want to grab a copy of the book and and join us, they can join us. If they don't have a copy of the book, that's fine too. And I actually have a free PDF of the first five days of the book so they can download that and make sure that it's something that they want to do. But we interact there both on Facebook and for the Instagram people over on Instagram and read through the devotion of the day. And there's a little challenge that will help us to give up, you know, saying those angry words or gossiping or whatever ways that we use our words wrongly. And instead we will, we will use them for God's good. I just, yeah, I just love that. So you guys um, check out what Karen's doing at her website, Karen Eman dot, since I don't have it up right now. Come. <laughs> thank you. Karen Eman.com. Eman is E-H-M-A-N. Um, today's book that we have been talking about is Make Their Day. And yes, I'm giving copies away uh, to enter the drawing. You text the word book to 877-933-2484. But I also want you to consider joining Karen in her doing Lent together. Lent actually starts in just two days. So if you don't have a plan yet for what you're going to do during Lent, this might be one you want to capitalize on. Um, Karen, as always, thank you so much for joining us on Mornings with Carmen. What a delight. Thanks for having me. So many good ideas. All right, on this day after Valentine's Day, you could stock up. There's tons of stuff on sale, and all of it will be shaped like hearts and have the word love. So I'm feeling like you're, um, if you if you're thinking to yourself right now, hey, Karen has a lot of really good ideas, and I need to get a big tub, and I just need to be collecting things in it that I could give away to people over the course of the year to remind them that they are loved. The day after Valentine's Day seems like a really good idea to stock up on that stuff. All right, I'll be right back. We are going to go out into the world that God so loves, and we're going to be ambassadors of the King and the kingdom. We're going to walk our faith out into the world in ways that honor Jesus. We're going to be people who take the initiative to show kindness always. We're going to sow peace as peacemakers. What else are we going to do? We're going to speak truth, and we're going to do so in love. We're going to walk by faith and not by sight. We're going to trust God at every turn. Um, We're going to seek to read the signs of the times in which we live and be people of sober judgment, but not judgmentalism. What are you going to do today? How are you going to live? Could we each make a commitment right now to live in a way that honors God, that glorifies God and edifies others? 
So I have a friend who made an observation recently about um, a particular sin. Um, and, and she said, you know, I've just arrived at the place where I just recognize that sin is beneath me. That sin is beneath me. I want us to consider today those, those sins that um, God really wants us to walk away from, move away from, where we just need to be saying, you know what, Satan, that sin is beneath me. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not doing that. Um, that sin is beneath me. I have been washed. I am clean. I am forgiven. I, I walk by faith and not by sight. I am risen to newness of life. I am a child of God. And he sees me and he loves me. He equips me. He empowers me. God is pouring forth into our lives every spiritual blessing that is necessary for the accomplishing of his will in our lives today. Everything. You lack nothing. You lack no good thing that is necessary for the accomplishing of God's will in your life today. Live as if you trust God to deliver on that promise. Live as if you trust God to deliver on that promise. You have everything you need. You lack nothing that is necessary for the accomplishing of God's will in your life today. I love you. Look forward to meeting you right back here tomorrow. Share the podcast from MyFaithRadio.com with someone else. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.